Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 66, The Joys of Self-Mastery. It's October 2nd, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I help people do is be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. The joys of self-mastery. Oh my goodness, this is a topic I love. So this is not something, by the way, that we talk about in society. Now, I do think we should, and it would be very helpful, but there's lots of things we're not talking about in society and in the world, which would be helpful, valuable, and extremely meaningful. But at any rate, another term for self-mastery in psychology is self actualization. So my request for this podcast, as it is with many podcasts, almost all of them, is that you listen from a point of curiosity and wonder and do not beat yourself up for wherever you are in life because that's not helpful. It is not going to help you in any way and we want, I want you to get value out of this podcast. So the way to create the most value for yourself is to listen from, hmm, what is that? Hmm, would I like that? Hmm, are the benefits good? Hmm, is that something I should get to work on? So that's my request. All right, so let's get going. What are we going to cover in the podcast today? Well, I'm going to talk about what is self-mastery. I'm going to give you some thoughts from ancient philosophers on self-mastery or the mastery of self. I'm going to talk about the benefits. I'm going to talk about accidental versus intentional self-mastery, give you some idea of some components that help build self-mastery. I'm going to talk about affirmations as a tool on the journey, and then I'll give you some suggestions before I give you my takeaways and my call to action. Now, if you happen to be new to my content, I would love it if you would visit my website at www. LisaALundy.com, where I would love it if you would enter my current giveaway, which is called Look, Look, I Want a Book, and that runs through the end of the year, but very shortly in the next 30 days or so, I'll have a new giveaway that's going to run concurrent. So I do enjoy giveaways, and I do do the things that make me happy, so I hope you'll register for to win something. All right, next is my disclaimer, which is very important. I am not a health professional, I'm not a medical professional, I'm not a therapist in any capacity, and you as a consumer or you as a human being should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider or a licensed therapist, of which I'm not. So there you have it. Now, if you happen to be suicidal, feeling hopeless, feeling like life is too hard, or thinking about harming yourself, I'm asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 
273-8255. What I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people. I know it's hard. I know you might not feel like it. I promise you that there's help available. It just might not be from the people who you would like to help you or that you would expect to help you. All right, so that's that. Now, what is self-mastery? Well, self-mastery is defined as the ability to control one's own desires or impulses, self-control, self-discipline. And in the dictionary, the synonyms are um, restraint, self-control, self-containment, and willpower. willpower. However, I'm going to go a little bit beyond that dictionary definition because I think that's woefully incomplete. And quite frankly, this is not the first definition I've taken issue with. Uh, some time ago when I did a podcast on assertiveness, I was wildly annoyed that the defini dictionary definition, at least then, of assertiveness had the word aggressive in it. Assertiveness is never aggressive. So the dictionary is not always right, in my opinion. All right, so in my terminology and in my world, self-mastery is having a rich and comprehensive understanding and knowledge of yourself. Now, that does include self-restraint and self-control, but it goes way beyond self-discipline. Like self-mastery is knowing yourself intimately, like how you work, what makes you, you know, how you, what, what makes you tick, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, having high emotional intelligence, which would include social skills and empathy, and an understanding of humanity and people. So when I'm talking about self-mastery, I am not limiting it to the dictionary definition of the ability to control one's own desires or impulses, because that's kind of like an aspect of emotional intelligence or, or, or an aspect of, you know, self-restraint. I'm talking about self-mastery, the mastery of yourself, which of course would be a lot broader than just that. Now, in psychology, they use the term self-actualization, and they define self-actualization as the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentials, especially considered as a need or drive present in everyone. So, and there's a whole, in psychology, there's a whole pyramid of, of needs. So before you can really um, probably make progress on self-mastery, you have to have your basic needs met. Like you have to have food and shelter and clothing and, and the basic necessities, including being safe, before you can really, you know, kind of move up the pyramid in self-actualization. So this idea, self-mastery or self-actualization, has been written about by the most famous philosophers and writers. For example, Socrates wrote the following, quote, wonder is the beginning of wisdom, end quote. Like, I hope you bring wonder to this podcast. Like, wonder about what I'm saying. Wonder about what your life could be. Wonder about what does make you tick. Wonder about what's possible for yourself. Socrates also is quoted as saying, to find yourself, think for yourself. He's also quoted as saying, know thyself, and we cannot live, live better than in seeking to become better. So that's all from Socrates. Now, Plato 
is quoted as saying, for a man to conquer himself is the first and noblest of all victories. So we could go back and Leonardo da Vinci, Theodore Roosevelt, they all have amazing quotes uh, on the topic of self-mastery. So I won't get into all of them. I have some work. I'd love to, but I don't really think, I think you get the idea. This is a long-standing idea uh, of huge proportions. Like, it's huge to have all the things that are involved in really, really knowing yourself and having dominion over yourself. Um, okay, I can't resist Theodore Roosevelt's quote, which is, Courage, hard work, and self-mastery and intelligent effort are all essential to a successful life. So according to Theodore Roosevelt, self-mastery was essential to a successful life. So what are the benefits or what are the joys of self-mastery? That's the question that I hope you're asking yourself right now. Like wherever you are in life, whatever skills you have or skills you don't have, or however great your life is or however terrible your life is, I would request that you listen to this list from, hmm, would that be helpful to me? Would I like that? Would that be valuable to me? What would that be worth to me? What would my life, look, my life look like if I had that in my life? So that's my request as far as the point of view from this list. So here's my view, my take on the choice of self-mastery, which by the way, this was a list I came up with off the top of my head. If you don't know, all of my content is original, so it may or may not match up with what other people say because I don't read what other people say unless it's a research study about their diehard research, like neuroplasticity of the brain, psychoneuroimmunology, etc. Um, so it may or may not match up with what someone else says. So number one, you know who you are intimately. You understand yourself very well. People, for the most part, don't annoy you or rarely upset you. You are clear about your goals in life and you are moving forward on your goals full steam ahead. You have a deep sense of humanity, the human condition, and being human. You have high self-discipline. You have tamed your inner critic, meaning you have self-compassion. You have high emotional intelligence. Happiness is pervasive in your life even when you are facing significant life challenges or multiple life challenges. You are highly functional in life, meaning you have a high GAF score or Global Assessment of Functioning score. You are well equipped to deal with painful things in life and deal with emotional pain. You know how to manage and process your emotions and do that without fail. You have empowering attitudes and beliefs in life. You take care of yourself, which is self-care. You are assertive, note assertive, not aggressive. You live life with high integrity and character. You are loving and kind. You are authentic and real. You are vulnerable with people. You apologize, forgive, and don't hold grudges. You have clear boundaries. You have fun and are playful. You are not afraid to think or dream big. 
you are inspired and motivated by your own life and what you're up to. You make people feel good about themselves. You are skilled at dealing with fears and don't let them stop you. You don't get angry very often. You have a childlike sense of wonder and curiosity about life. You are deeply empathetic towards others and their plights and situations. You have high energy. Now, that's 30 benefits or joys of self-mastery. And trust me, I could have gone on. I thought of several more. I mean, I just kind of wrote that list off the top of my head. And then, I, then later I was like, oh, I could add that. Oh, I could add that. I think you get the idea. It's very peaceful and wonderful and amazing to have dominion over yourself, to have, you know, be realizing your full potential and not be, you know, hung up in, you know, the pitfalls of life. So self-mastery can be accidental or it can be on purpose. So for me, it doesn't really matter if it's accidental or on purpose as long as you're growing. I mean, why would you not want those benefits? Like, come on. Those are amazing benefits. Like, to have people, like, not upset you hardly ever, that's an amazing benefit. So, yes, you want those benefits because they're rich. They're amazing. They're just fabulous. So, I, I mean, you could... To, so accidental or intentional self-mastery. Well, for a lot of people, it's a little bit of both. So I really want to kind of address this because, of course, you're listening to this podcast and I hope you're going to put yourself on an intentional path of self-mastery or self-actualization. Now, my journey to self-mastery started when... Uh, my mom gave me a book on assertiveness. It was actually called You're Perfect Right. It's still in print today, although revised a million times over. I mean, not a million, but many times. Um, because I would go to her and say, please tell me I can't do this. Please tell me I can't do that. Because I had uh, some friends that really weren't that nice to me. They were kind of used me. And so I didn't feel like hanging around with them all the time. And I didn't have the assertiveness to be able to say, no, I don't want to do that because you're not really that nice to me. So that was accidental on my part. It was intentional on my mother's part because she had, she had six kids and she was tired of being the gatekeeper for my life. So she gave me a book and said, read it. And one of these days you're going to have to tell them no yourself. So that began you know, an accidental slash intentional path for self-mastery. Now, in and I had a lot of leadership positions before college and during college, and all of those leadership positions also helped me to grow and develop substantially and therefore expand, you know, put me on the path for self-mastery. Then in college, I applied for and received a job of being a resident assistant, which was intentional to get the job. But accidentally, what was incorporated in the job was a tremendous, tremendous amount of personal growth because there was training all throughout the year, pre-fall training and, you know, training throughout the year. And there was a counselor education course. And I also did uh, an alcohol course to become an alcohol educator. So there was a ton of 
of growth in that position that I didn't like purposefully say, oh yeah, I want to become an RA so I can grow and develop and be on the road to self-mastery. No, I had no idea what that was. No, no concept. I needed a job to help put myself through college because that's what I was doing. So if you are struggling in life, as many, many people are, all we have to do is look at the recent studies or even the studies before the research before the pandemic, people are very unhappy. People, the majority of people are struggling in life. So if you have struggles, if you're, you know, you're dealing with life challenges or loss or bereavement of any kind, you want to intentionally, with intention, put yourself on the track and the road for personal growth and development. Why? Because then you would be taking advantage of what's called post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is the science that demonstrates when you have a loss, bereavement, grief, or a life challenge, you have the choice of using that hardship or loss or bereavement or problem to become number one a better version of yourself and number two to have life be richer and more rewarding and it's very very interesting the research on post-traumatic growth is interesting because they talk about people who have had horrific losses like just uh, just hard to read and yet they made a conscious choice to not have their life be ruined, to not have their life be just suffering for the rest of their life. They made a conscious choice to use the loss, the bereavement, the suffering, or the life challenge to become a better version of themselves, to learn, to grow, to develop, and to um, have life be richer and more rewarding. So that's an option to you. And it's not something that we walk around in life talking about. I mean, if we, if we talked about this, guess what? Everybody would be like, yeah, I think maybe I should get on that road to growth and development because that's what's going to make life easier. When you have skills, habits, practices, empowering attitudes and beliefs, life is going to be easier and, and richer and the, these are not the skills that we teach people. We, these are not the skills we're teaching young people, teenagers, college students, or adults in their 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way through life. We are not teaching this. So to get these skills and abilities, you're going to have to be intentional. Now, sometimes people fall into taking advantage of post-traumatic growth by accident, which is fine. It doesn't matter if it's accidental or on purpose. But it is personal growth and development that's going to give you the access to love and all the good stuff. So I want to talk about some different aspects of things that will help you on the road to self-mastery. I'm just giving you topics because at the end I'm going to give you some suggestions to actually step-by-step step get started. But number one, emotional intelligence. This is low in society and low in the world. Emotional intelligence is a complex topic. There's five parts to it. But it is something that anyone can grow and learn, and it's wildly, wildly helpful. I mean, life is always going to be hard. There's always going to be death. There's always going to be natural disasters. There's always going to be certain things in life that are hard or painful. That's the way it is. When you have 
high emotional intelligence and you can manage and process your emotions and deal with pain and and you have happiness skills part you know all of that life is much richer knowing who you are and self-acceptance which is also self-compassion and it's not you know, it's not that hard to tame your inner critic. Now, I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion, and it's a process. You actually have to take intentional actions if you want to tame your inner critic, which is, you know, like 90, 95% negative. It says terrible things to you. And you can grow muscles and skills where you're able to tell that inner critic where to go, which is very fun, by the way. The moment you recognize your inner critic has reared its other ugly head and said something nasty to you, when you're really doing a good job in life, to be able to say, hey, take a flying leap, it is, it's really fun. It's very rich. Um, so self-compassion, self-discipline will help you. Being up to something in life is wildly helpful. It can pull you forward. It can, And we know that setting goals and taking action towards your goals helps to... Uh, add to your happiness. Self-care, I already mentioned, having boundaries is another thing. Well, there's a lot of people who don't even know what boundaries are, which is fine. This is not a podcast about boundaries. But boundaries are limits from, from which you will not go. And they can be emotional, they can be spiritual, they can be physical, they can be environmental. There's all kinds of boundaries. And when you have self-mastery and you are really highly intimately awake and aware to how you are as a person, then yes, you're going to have refined and clarified your boundaries because you're going to operate within them. All right. Assertiveness. Well, I already mentioned that was my accidental entree to get on the road to self-mastery and assertiveness is very, very helpful in every area of life. I do have a podcast on it. There's tons of books. There's lots on the web. It's something that you can learn and grow. Um, healthy self-esteem. Well, unfortunately, according to the research, the statistic is that like 85% of the population suffers from low self-esteem. Ouch. That really hurts. It, it can't feel good to have low self-esteem. It just doesn't feel good. And that's something that you can you can grow and build and nurture. Not by working on self-esteem, but by doing other things. By doing everything else, basically, I'm talking about. Having good time management skills. Well, I have a podcast on that. And this really helps to hone and develop the executive functioning of your brain, which is helpful. Empowering attitudes and beliefs are also going to be rich and helpful along the road because disempowering attitudes and beliefs do not help you. Having the power of gratitude as a muscle will help you. Rational thinking. We live in a world where we have a reasonably good number of people who have what's called a cognitive distortion, which is a form of irrational thinking, or they have some other issue that causes irrational thinking. Irrational thinking is a flawed view. It's an inaccurate perception. It's like looking at your image through one of those mirrors at a carnival fun house or a funny house, whatever they call them. You know, it's your image, but it's 
wildly distorted. Now you're in a carnival funhouse and you know the image is distorted. With cognitive distortions or irrational thinking, the people who are engaging in it don't often recognize that they are engaging in a form of irrational thinking, which is never going to be helpful and it's never going to give you a powerful life. So that's something you can become awake and aware to. But you want to have rational thinking. The power of optimism, and I'm not talking about positive thinking. I mean, I'm not against positive thinking. I already mentioned gratitude, and I'm talking about optimism. But, you know, there's this idea of, like, just think positively and all your problems will go away. And that is just a load. That is, like, the biggest load I've ever heard of. Yes, it's helpful to have optimism, which is different than positive thinking. We don't want you whitewashing your problems. We don't want you glossing over emotional pain. I want you to deal with those things because that's what's helpful and powerful. Any emotions you don't deal with, any emotional pain you don't deal with, doesn't magically float away from you. It lays in wait in your subconscious and unconscious mind. I hate to break it to you. And then the next thing is living life with integrity and character. That's going to help you in so many ways. And I have podcasts on all those topics. So those are some of the really foundational pieces for getting on the road to self-mastery and begin to reap the benefits, the joys of self-mastery. And they're wildly important. I mean, we live in a society where if you just look around at people, you can see, you can visibly see they're not taking care of themselves. And you can see that they're not happy. And I'm not faulting them. I'm not blaming them. I'm not trying to say there's something wrong with them. We're not raising children and young adults. And we're not engaging in a society in the conversation of, hey, What would be self-care or how can I support you in self-care or how can I help? Like, we don't talk like that. So, of course, people are struggling. And one of the reasons they're struggling is because they're not taking care of themselves. And like I said, I have a podcast on that. So anyway, so those are some of the components. It's not a comprehensive list, but it's a kind of get you started list. Now, I have this side note on affirmations as a tool. So if you've never studied um, neuroplasticity of the brain or how the brain operates, I find it extremely fascinating. I know. I do like a little bit of science, only enough to help me be helpful. Like, I'm not like a total science nerd. I mean, I only want science for a purpose, like that serves me. So affirmations are a tool on the road for self-mastery or self-actualization because it helps you rewire your brain. If you're unfamiliar with the term neuroplasticity of the brain, I did cover that in more detail in the science on that in my podcast titled How Happiness Can Literally Save Your Life. That podcast, by the way, is a deviation from my standard podcast because It's a podcast where I'm making an assertion based on science. And then in the podcast, another deviation is I'm sharing the actual science for you to hear the statements from the research so you can make your own decision. But neuroplasticity of the brain, which is a very uh, established field of science, 
holds that you can through different actions and different, you know, doing different things, create new neuronal pathways and basically grow your brain. So it has tremendous implications for things like Alzheimer's or dementia or even autism uh, and aging. But if you want to change your life, you want to grow and develop, affirmations are kind of like the cheap, free, easy way to rewire your brain or overwrite the programming in your subconscious or unconscious mind. Now, many people aren't familiar with the subconscious unconscious mind. I understand that. I have a whole podcast that kind of explains the subconscious and unconscious mind, what part of your brain it is and how it works and the kind of nasty things that your subconscious and unconscious mind does. So if you wanted to create uh, new neuronal pathways, you have to actually do something. Now you can go to therapy and unpack your whole life and do all kinds of that. You can, there's, you could do cognitive behavioral therapy. There's a number of things you could do instead of affirmations, but I'm always a fan for fast, easy, quick, cheap, free. Like, you know, like I want the most effective tool to accomplish the job because why would I want to spend more time or more money or more energy? And by the way, back in the day, I did not know about uh, neuroplasticity of the brain or affirmations or lots of these things. So I took, took the long road, <laughs> took the long road. I don't recommend it. I recommend affirmations. So here's how they work. So affirmations are a statement or series of statements designed to address an issue. Hopefully they call to your heart. Hopefully they inspire you. And they're designed to, you know, further your life and, and definitely override or rewrite or overwrite your programming that's in your subconscious, unconscious mind. And let me tell you, that subconscious, unconscious mind, that is like seriously very powerful. I do recommend you understand that and how it works because it's, 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 very helpful. So let me give you some examples of affirmations. So one of them somebody I worked with used was happiness is a choice and I choose to be happy. I happen to work for this person and I've had other people who said, yeah, it's pretty good. I like that one. Another example would be I am worthy and deserving of good things in my life. Another example would be my life is overflowing with abundance and in all areas of life. And one last example, I can do anything that I put my mind and heart to. Now, uh, an early writer, not the earliest writer by any stretch, but an early writer from uh, the early 1900s was a woman by the name of Florence Scovel Shin. And she wrote a book called The Game of Life and How to Play It. She wrote actually several other books. They're really, really good books in my opinion. And you can still buy them on the internet relatively inexpensively, new and used, by the way. And she, if you Google Florence Scovel Shin, you can also find at least one site dedicated to affirmations from her books. So affirmations you want to put in writing and you want to say them hopefully out loud, but you know, maybe not, but you want to say them with rigor and you want to say them as many times a day as you can. And you're in the process, hopefully, you've, you've designed or, or created a 
a statement, an affirmation that's addressing an issue in your life. It's going to work to help tame your inner critic, which can be extremely valuable. So I mention affirmations because they are a tool that can be very, very uh, efficient and, and effective in rewiring your brain, which is really one of the things you want to do. You want to create this whole amazing life for yourself. So that's that. Okay, so now I just have some general suggestions to help you get on the road to self-mastery. Well, first of all, I I hope that those joys of self-mastery, that I hope you were like, wow, yeah, that would be amazing. Because it is amazing. It feels great. It doesn't mean you don't feel pain. It doesn't mean that painful things don't happen. It doesn't mean that nothing bad's ever going to happen, but it means you can deal with it and still have happiness and joy. So my first suggestion is that you make a commitment to personal growth and development, that you just make a commitment and be all in, because that's the first step for anything you're going to do in life, is you have to make a commitment and be all in. I mean, if you're going to do namby-pamby, half-hearted, well, yeah, I don't know where you'll go with that. So I'm the kind of person I recommend, you know, make a commitment, be all in. Because the road to self-mastery or the road to self-actualization is growth and development. And growth and development is the access to love and it's the access to all the good things in life. Because to get there, you have to build new muscles, learn new skills, you know, learn new habits, you know, it's not going to just like magically fall upon you. My next suggestion is that you get a team at the very minimum, at least one other person or a buddy. Why? Because teams make life more fun. Teams will help you for sure, statistically speaking, be more successful. And you want to, number three, create this amazing journey. Like, I'm not a fan of boring. I'm not a fan of hard. I'm a fan of love. I'm a fan of life. I'm a fan of happiness. I'm a fan of making things fun and playful. Why? Because life is hard. I am the queen of knowing how hard life is. So, of course, I'm going to have fun at every chance I can which does include business meetings, by the way. So you want to get a buddy at the minimum or a team, and you're going to create this amazing journey or a quest or a trek or an odyssey or whatever, and you're going to make it fun. Yes, you could make it really fun. You could have characters. I'm definitely suggesting, number four, that you create events, parties, celebrations for your team or with your buddy. Like, Seriously? Yes. Number five, I recommend that you set up a personal reward system. Now, I just did a Newsweek.com article on this, uh, which I happen to really like, and you can find it under the Newsweek Expert tab. Actually, the easiest way for you to find anything that I've, I've done on Newsweek is just to put in your search engine a Newsweek expert forum, Lisa Lundy, and it will bring up my profile and all of my quotes from the articles that the Newsweek staff has written and I've been quoted in will be there as well as my articles. But I have this article which will help you about having a personal reward system because number one, they will help you 
you know, support change. You're talking about changing your life. So you need support because people don't, people generally run from change. They flee that, you know, start talking about change and people tune out. So you want to support your journey by having a reward system so that you stay on track and you get rewards and you see your progress. It's all kinds of good stuff. And you can look at my article about that. So the next thing I recommend, so number six, is to set some personal goals and then get started. We do know from the research that setting personal goals, now I'm not saying they have to be ginormous. They don't have to be huge. It can be a small goal. You could have one goal. You could have two. You could have three, whatever. But setting a goal and then taking the actions towards that goal, we know from the research is going to contribute to your happiness. And I have a whole podcast about that. All right, next I recommend that you work on growing your emotions to be a superpower. I do have a Newsweek article on that, which again, you can just find my profile and, and it'll have all the links to the articles I've written for newsweek.com. And I do have several podcasts on emotions, but emotions literally are the superpower for human beings. It's just that we don't know how to use them. Like they're a superpower. We mostly don't have emotional intelligence. So this is going to help you no matter what to have emotions actually be a superpower instead of the thing that takes you out of the game. Cause that's what happens for more people than not. It's, it's their emotions that tank them. All right. So number eight, I'm going to ask that you ditch any shame, embarrassment, shame or embarrassment about where you are in life. Like, I don't care what you're statuses or where you are or what problems you're dealing with, you don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed about where you are in life. But you just want to begin. And it's helpful to be able to not carry with you the baggage of shame or embarrassment. Now the next one, I know some of you are not going to be happy about this. Sorry, it is what it is. I do recommend that you ditch negative thinking or catastrophizing or ruminations or worrying and in, instead be in action and use affirmations to counterbalance the thoughts in your head. Now, I, I'm probably going to do a podcast about getting control of your mind because there are people who, uh, well, they might have OCD or they just are like, so well trained in worrying and catastrophizing and negative thinking and all that stuff that they, they feel like they just can't control their thoughts. And actually people can learn, you would be shocked at what people can learn. So I am recommending that you try to ditch that and affirmations will be a good tool if you tend towards negative thinking, ruminating, catastrophizing, worrying, all that stuff. And I, I'm not minimizing that it's not difficult. I, I understand. I mean, I may be different than you or some people, but I am extremely intimately aware of the conditions and issues that I don't, that I don't have. So there you go. All right. So the next thing I suggest is to recognize that if you're blaming other people for your lot in life or playing the victim or the martyr, that's really not helpful. 
I'm probably going to do a podcast about blaming others because frequently people will blame others when there's some emotional sadness or pain or suffering or all that kind of stuff. And it kind of like is a defense mechanism or it's a way not to look at your involvement. And I understand it's not easy to look at your involvement if something really bad happened because all kinds of bad stuff happened. And then I would take a step back and say, hmm, what can I be responsible for? Well, in one case it was that I was too trusting. Oh, absolutely too trusting. Number one, that was my had to be responsible for that. And I was a people pleaser, peacemaker. So there were several things that contributed that I could take responsibility for. Uh, blaming others just isn't going to, in the long game, have you be powerful and feeling good and definitely is going to not help you get to self-mastery. The next thing I recommend is that you don't give up. You know, remember when Spider-Man is learning that he has webbing? Like he has this moment of like, oh, what was that? And he has to learn how to shoot the webbing, how to start it, how to stop it, like how to control it, how it works. And that's part of his superhero journey. And so all superheroes go on a journey of discovery and enlightenment and learning. And so you want to have life be like that, where you're going to learn and grow. So those are my top suggestions for getting on the road. Now, as far as takeaways, I, I think takeaway number one is it's time to get on the road for growth and development because you want the good stuff. Number two, it's time to create a team or at least one buddy to get on the road for growth and development because number one, it will make it way more fun. And number two, it will dramatically, like by over 65%, increase your likelihood of being successful. And number three, it's time to become self-aware and awake that you can grow new skills. You can use neuroplasticity of the brain and take advantage of post-traumatic growth to have yourself become a better version of yourself, learn new things, and have life be more rich and, and meaningful. So my call to action is it's time to grab a buddy or make a team and get on the road. And number the last thing for my call to action is I request that you powerfully share this podcast with the people you care about so that they can have a better, more fulfilling and rewarding life. All right, that's it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 66, The Joys of Self-Mastery. I definitely hope you're going to get on the road of personal growth and development so that you can find your way to self-mastery or self-actualization. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And I definitely hope you're going to make me happy by visiting my website and entering my current giveaway to win something. I hope you're doing well. Hang in there for now. That's all. Love you. Bye.